Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. What's up, y'all? I'm Mackenzie, and I am super honored and excited to be here and talk with y'all tonight. So, any of y'all know Apex Legends is? Yeah? Okay, thank you, Tristan. Thank you. Okay. I don't. I know nothing about Apex Legends, except for the fact... Okay, the only thing I know is that it's a video game, and that my brother, as he yelled at me as I asked him, used to play it. So, as I said, know nothing about this game, but the Lord, like, laid that on my heart, and I was like, okay, we can do something with that. So, I asked my brother what Apex Legends was, because I was writing a sermon titled it, and he looked at me and went, it's not anything religious. And I was like, I know, Cameron, it's okay. And he told me it was basically Battle Royales, and the legends in the game were characters. So, I was like, cool, cool, cool. We can do something with this. So you're probably thinking, how does a video game relate anything to the Bible? Well, let me tell you how I saw the connection being made. So I don't know about you, but like I look at people in the Bible like, you know, Moses, David, Abraham, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha, and I look at them and I'm like, those are the legends of the Bible. Like they answer the call God placed on their heart. They sent it and they didn't hold back. Like they are legends, y'all. Like they are crazy cool. So the legend that I want to focus on today is a true legend himself, Moses. So Moses is a really cool dude, and I think he's really awesome because in the verses that we're going to read today, it's really cool because you can see how human he is, and I think it's really awesome that he, we can like connect to him in that way. Like We see what he's doing, and we're like, I, I can be like, yeah, I do that. Like I feel that. I can, I can relate to him in that way, and I think that's really cool. So the Lord called Moses to bring the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and the Israelites have been in Egypt for 430 years. That's a really long time. Like, being in slavery for that long is so long. But I want to take a moment to just talk about, like, how cool the Lord's timing is, like, how perfect the Lord's timing is, even when it doesn't look like our perfect timing. It's his perfect timing because he's working everything out for our good. And that's really cool. So the Lord chose Moses for this job. So at first, we're going to start in Exodus 3, 4 through 5, where God pops up in fire in a bush to talk to Moses about, you know, just just in a cool way. So the Lord says, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. And God said, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place you're standing is holy ground. So what I see here is as soon as God calls Moses, he says, here I am. He confidently and obediently says, Lord, I'm right here. Talk to me. Like, tell me what we're going to do. He is right there ready for the Lord to tell him what's going to happen. So we jump down a little further in verses 7 through 10. And this is what I call the call. So the Lord said to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That's like a big call. You know, like, as I said, the Israelites have been in slavery for 430 years. But the Lord chose Moses to do this. He didn't choose his brother. He didn't choose some guy he worked with. He chose Moses to do this. So if you see in verses 11 through 14, Moses is questioning it. And he says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of slavery? That's a deep inner question, guys. Who am I? Moses is like, who am I that I should go to this high leader and tell him, hey, I'm going to take all these people that are working for you because it's their time to be set free. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go, and that's going to be all cool. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. And he is, like, 
questioning it, like, who, why, why, why me? Who am I to do that? But the Lord reassures him that he's going to be with him and that everything's going to be okay. So when we jump to Exodus 4, 2 through 5, we see that Moses is still questioning the Lord. So the Lord's like, all right. So he performs some pretty cool stuff to show Moses that he is with him. It says, then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. And then the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff. This, said the Lord, is that you may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. God showed up in a really cool way to Moses. Like he proved himself in a super cool way. He literally turned a staff into a snake. That doesn't just happen. Like God showed up and proved himself to Moses to show him, I'm with you. Like I got this. Like we're going to walk through this together. I can do really cool things. So we see here Moses doubting over and over and over again. And this is where it really shows me how human Moses is, that he doubts the Lord over and over again, even though the Lord has proved proved himself over and over again to him. And you know, we're like quick to judge Moses. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, he literally just turned a staff into a snake in front of you. Like, why are you doubting him? Like, what are you doing? But like, how often do we do that? How often do I do that? Like when the Lord calls me to something, when he tells me to do something and I'm like, ah, no, maybe not. Like, can you show me this? And he shows me and then I'm like, mm, I don't know, like one more thing maybe. And he does it over and over again, even though he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to prove himself to me. He proves himself to me in creation. He proved himself to me when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. Like that, he doesn't have to prove himself to me. But when we ask, he does and he shows up. So we all doubt, like we all doubt what the Lord tells us to do and calls us because it's in our human nature, it's in our fleshly nature to not want to trust and not submit ourselves to a higher power. So there's a conversation between Moses and God in Exodus 4, 10 through 12. And it says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, but I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow to speech and tongue. And the Lord said, now go. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. What I read here is the Lord is planning on using Moses' weakness. The Lord knows that Moses isn't good at speaking, but he is ready to use that weakness. Like he's already got it planned out. But Moses is saying that he's never been eloquent. He's like, Jesus, I've never been good at speaking, not in the past, nor since you've called me. So he, his perspective hasn't changed. The Lord called him to something, but his perspective still stayed on a human level. It didn't go to God's perspective level. So his confidence didn't go up. The perspective didn't change since being called. The Lord wanted to use him as a vessel to speak to his people, to prove himself to Pharaoh, to prove himself to his people that he is there and that he's got them. But Moses didn't think that he was equipped. Moses didn't think that he could do this. But the Lord tells him that he is going to help him speak, that he is going to teach him what to say, that he wasn't leaving him in the dark. He wasn't sending him and then saying, okay, figure it out for yourself. Like the Lord was going to be right there with him. See, Moses was only choosing to look at the negative side of things. He wasn't looking at the situation through God's eyes. He wasn't looking at it in a positive way. He wasn't fully trusting what the Lord said. See, God wanted to use Moses' weakness, but Moses chose to trust his weakness over God's strength. And that's crazy. And, you know, we, I do it. I've done it. I've looked at my weaknesses, and I'm like, yeah, that's who I am. But that's not who, we, who God says we are. You know, we were singing, who you say I am today? I'm a child of God, and that means that I have his victory and I have his strength. I'm not what my weakness says I am. 
and I want to just bring this down on a personal level. I suck at public speaking, guys. Like, I don't do this. <laughs> like, public speaking's never been my thing. I can tell you, sophomore year, Mike Bolzoni and I became best friends in English class <laughs> because I hated public speaking and Mike hated doing projects. So I would do the PowerPoints, Mike would get up there, Mike would read the whole thing, Mrs. Reddy would be like, great job, guys, and I'd be like, cool, thanks. Let us do that all year, because I hated public speaking that much. I did not want to do it, so I just did the work, Mike talked, it was great. And I don't say that to brag at all. Like, like I said, I don't do this. Like, this is God's strength 110%, because I'm not good at The fact that I'm not shaking right now is a huge deal. <laughs> like, it's crazy how he's using this weakness, like, over and over again, and has proved himself so much, and it's really awesome. And he wants to use your weakness. He wants to use your weakness to bring people to him and to do really cool things. It, Hebrews 13.21 tells us that our God is going to equip us with everything good for doing his will. That means you're not doing it alone. He's right there with you, and he's going to help you, and you are going to be walking hand in hand with him. We all have weaknesses, and sometimes we do let them run our lives instead of let, like, submitting ourselves to God and trusting him through it all. We have to choose to let God run our lives instead of our fleshly fear. And I just want to take a minute to talk about fear because there's two types. It's the fear of the Lord and then our fleshly fear. So the fear of the Lord is the healthy kind of fear. Trusting and submitting yourself to him and wanting to do his will. In Proverbs 1.7, it tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's the kind of fear that we want. But fearing out of a place of flesh, our fleshly fear is not healthy. And we do it because of our sinful nature that we have, that we just don't want to trust and submit. But it's not a healthy way of living. In Romans 8, 8, it tells us that those who realm in the flesh cannot please God. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be in a place that I can't please God. So I don't want to live in my fleshly fear. I want to live in the fear of the Lord. So while we're talking a little bit about our sinful nature, we're going to get to the battle royale part of this little Apex Legends sermon. So I, again, know nothing about this video game. So I looked up the <laughs> definition of battle royale, and it says fights involving many combats at a spot until one fighter remains standing. So the connection I made this to the Bible is the constant battle of sin and then Jesus. All throughout the Old Testament, we see a people totally lost in a constant battle of sin, that the only way they had to get rid of their sin and cleanse themselves of it was to find a perfect sacrifice. In Leviticus 9, 3 through 4, it says, Then say to the Israelites, Take a male goat for a sin offering, a calf and a lamb, both a year old and without defect, for a burnt offering and an ox and a ram for a fellowship offering to sacrifice before the Lord, together with a grain offering mixed with olive oil, for today the Lord has appeared to you. So the people in the Old Testament had to get a specific, perfect animal without blemish. I cannot imagine how hard it would be to find one perfect animal like that, but they had to find five. It says a male goat, a calf, a lamb, a ram, and an ox. That's crazy, and that's so much. But luckily for us and for them, that wasn't the end of the story. God had a plan all along to bring ultimate defeat and to have that one fighter remain standing for us. And that was Jesus. Jesus died and rose again so we can be victorious, so that we don't have to live in constant sin, so we don't have to live to our fleshly fear. In Matthew 27, 50 through 51, it says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit at that moment, and the curtain of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks split. And then jump to Matthew 28, 6, the angel says he's not here. He has risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Jesus died for you. He died so that you don't have to live in constant fear. He died so you don't have to live in your sin. He won that victory for you. 
Jesus is your ultimate legend. He is the ultimate legend of the Bible. He's the ultimate legend of your life, everything. He died a gruesome death to bring you closer to him, to give you abundant life, to raise us from our own graves. And we have the awesome opportunity to serve him with everything that we have, to submit ourselves to him so that we don't have to be lost in a constant battle of sin. So I want to encourage you to let him in. Let him use your weakness because it's so cool. It's really awesome. Let him use it to bring the gospel to people. You can trust him and you can submit yourself to him. He's going to do really cool things with your life. He's got real cool things planned if you just submit yourself and trust him through it all. Follow his lead. Jesus, I just want to thank you for this awesome opportunity that I have gotten to speak, Lord, and speak this word, Jesus, that I know was placed on my heart for Apex, and it's honored that I'm so honored that I get to stand up here and give that to them, Lord. I love Apex, and I love being here, and I love all the people, Lord, and I just pray, God, that you spoke to hearts tonight, Lord, and that hearts were opened up, God, and that you would just come flooding in, Jesus, because we all have weaknesses, Jesus, and you using them is incredible and so awesome, Jesus. So I just want to thank you for this opportunity and for this group of people and Pastor Chris for letting me do this and you for giving me this word of Apex and we love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Students Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.